Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast. So today is going to be an interesting show, right? Because, you know, we've done the interviews. We've done like the one-on-one with myself, just kind of giving you guys educational tips. So today I had an opportunity to drag my wife, Alex Grant, into this one because I thought this topic would be a very meaningful topic for both people that are entrepreneurs and the people that are not entrepreneurs alike. So, Alex, why don't you tell the people what are we talking about today? So this is kind of a, I would say, behind the scenes conversation that uh, S.A. and I have often Um as everyone knows, he is an entrepreneur. I don't even know if I want to call you a serial entrepreneur at this point. <laughs> um, but, and I work for Corporate America. And it started as more of like a conversation to say, you know, how do we coexist as someone who has a nine to five and then someone who has a, shoot, midnight to midnight? Because <laughs> being an entrepreneur is uh, 24 hours a day eight days a week to, you know, 500 days a year. So um, this is kind of where that conversation came from. We were talking and just saying that people don't realize that you you have to kind of coexist differently um, when you're in those worlds. You know, people look on the outside, you know, from the outside looking in and say, oh, you're an entrepreneur. Oh, my God, you get to control your own schedule. You get to do this. You get to, you know, work on the beach if you choose or you get to work wherever. Um, oh, if you want to not work on a day, you just choose not to work on that day. And it's it's kind of that grass is greener impression. But anybody who is a real entrepreneur or business owner or starting out or through 100, you know, 10 years in the business or whatever, knows that none of that is true. When you're an entrepreneur, you go from nine to five until midnight to midnight sometimes, if not more. So that's where the conversation kind of came from. And we just jotted down a few points that we want to kind of go through everybody with. So, so. Yep. So, I mean, with those points, you know, obviously I'm a big person on like creating headlines and structuring things that has meaningful results when somebody is searching for keywords. So the title of this episode is going to be nine tips to learn how to communicate with an entrepreneur effectively. So just dive into these nine tips. First and foremost, I would say, you know, this is just a general tip, right? But it works whether you're in a, a relationship, whether you're in a marriage, whether you're in business, whether with your kids, your moms, your uncles, it could be the random dude at Starbucks that had a bad day. The first thing that you need to know how to do is listening. And I I say this because, you know, over the years, I figured out like my actual name, Chanel stands in Hindi is a variation of to listen. So I've always embodied that. And part of listening is not just hearing what someone says, it's also embracing and comprehending it. And if you don't comprehend it, then you, you, know, you want to ask questions to, to make sure that you do comprehend what they're saying to you very clearly. Would you concur with that, Alex? Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I think, you know, being in a marriage and learning how to effectively communicate 
uh, kind of requires listening as a whole across the board. But sometimes it's it's different from like an, an entrepreneur relationship where you could be communicating something to me that I'm like passively listening to, but you may not say directly like I need help with X, for example. Because that's just not because <laughs> that's not your style. But you may be saying that, oh, I'm struggling with X Y Z, and I can't find someone to do X Y Z, and now I'm figuring out how to budget someone to do X Y Z. And sometimes that's just a matter of saying, oh crap, okay, I think he's struggling in an area. He needs some help with this. I have the skill sets to help with this. So let me chime in and say and act- actively listen and say, hey. You know what? I know how to do X, Y, and then maybe we only have to hire out somebody to do Z. So, you know, it's just I understand that active listening versus passive listening. And, you know, it does require that to be able to communicate effectively in this type of relationship, because sometimes you're not directly saying I need you to do this. Sometimes you're heming and humming or grappling with an idea or a concept and you just need some direction or you need someone to step in and say, you know what? I kind of get what you're saying. Would this help? So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a solid point, a solid segue. I mean, part of listening is is finding the equilibrium and finding the equality in whatever relationship. It doesn't have to be necessarily be a marriage. It could be with your kids. So, you know, part of that is your kids could be saying something to you and your response would be usually or at the point to say, hey, not right now, later. The goal is that maybe you should take a couple minutes and listen to what they have to say and then let them know that, hey, let's dive deeper into this topic later on. And that kind of leads us to the, to the next the next number two. Right. So number two is being verbal. So number one is listening. Number two is being verbal. You're going to have to speak up because we, as an entrepreneur. Right. And that's who I am. A lot of times our brains are solely scattered, right? And and you always hear about focus, 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 focus. We may be focused on one particular thing and that's our business. And that means multiple different avenues, right? It means multiple different things. We may have to deal with clients. We may have to deal with employees. We may have to deal with software companies. We may have to deal with multiple different things, but it's all focused on that one thing of our business. So in the communication, the number two, you have to be verbally, right? You can't just sit there and hold a grudge. You can't sit there and be quiet. You can't sit there and make smart remarks behind the scenes. You're going to have to step up to the plate and voice whatever it is that you're trying to communicate with that particular entrepreneur. And then ask questions. If you don't understand, like like, like Alex was saying, if, if, if it seems like I'm saying something, but she doesn't really understand it, she'll sit my ass down and be like, okay, like, Talk to me in layman. Like, tell me, like, how to add but Like, what is it that you're trying to say versus talking to SA and SA's brain? Like, come out of SA and talk to me as a regular person and itemize it. And that made me a better entrepreneur because I, I realized that my brain works differently than other people's brains. So sometimes it's not about dumbing it down. It's about making it simplistic and itemizing it out so someone else can listen to what your problems are and probably help you execute, like Alex was saying before. No, I'll... Yeah, <laughs> I laugh because I always say, okay, I need you to like dumb it down for me because he'll get sometimes like really technical or especially when he's like talking about softwares that can do this or and I'm like, all right, I, I need I need to come back. I even use, for example, like uh, maybe it was a couple months ago, we had like a breakfast date or what have it in the morning where you we were doing a little project management session. So for my day job, I, I do project management as one component of it. And so I understand project management from a corporate level. And I was like, all right, we need to throw some project management 
at whatever this project was. I don't remember what the project was um, at this. And then we sat down and we did a list of action items. And, you know, it was my way of understanding what was unorganized and then what could I do to step in and help? And then we came up with this whole list of tasks and it was like, all right, I can help with one through 10, you know, 11 through 235, you got to find somebody else for because <laughs> that's usually how it is. So, but in that sense, I then understood, okay, this is what he's struggling with. This is what he's grappling with. And it just took me speaking up and saying, you know what, let's throw some pancakes and coffee behind this and sit down with a piece of paper. And I just need you to I always say I need you to download your brain on paper to me because I don't understand what you're saying. And therefore, I don't understand what you need. And it's about, like he said, it's speak up to say, instead of just holding a grudge, it's like, oh, he's just always talking. I don't know where to step in, where to help and not say anything. And then going to sleep at the end of the night, just irritated and frustrated. Just take speaking up. So. I, I totally agree. And I mean, in addition to that, I think one thing that is really a great thing that you brought up was sectioning off time, right? And, and you have to be respectful of everyone's time. So, I mean, a lot of times you may have someone that you may send them a message or an email and it's weird because we live in the same house. And it, it's funny because before she's like, I sent you a text message and it may take me like five hours to respond back to that text message. And we're probably working in the same house at the same time on different floors, but to the point to where I'm in my zone, she may be in her zone and she may send me it. Like right now, my phone is on airplane mode, right? So again, I'm not checking my messages because I'm in the middle of recording or I'm in the middle of doing something. So being mindful and respectful that they're not ignoring you. Entrepreneurs are not big on ignoring anything. We want to achieve and hit the checklist as many times as we can within that 24 hour and then monetize that as well. So scheduling is going to be the golden item for this number three. Respecting someone's time means that if you set aside a time and you book an appointment with someone, that's your, your optimal time to have these conversations, to go deep diving. The thing that I hate the most that drives me absolutely crazy as an entrepreneur is when I give someone my scheduling app and then they respond with, oh, hey, Tuesday, I don't see any availabilities. Or it's Wednesday and they're sending me an email about, hey, I looked at your calendar, but you have nothing open on Wednesday. But that obviously means that my time is booked. It's very simple. If there's no available time slots, that means that the time for that entrepreneur has already been booked. Again, and I, I think people need to step into the shoes of entrepreneurs. As a person that works for corporation, the only person that you really have to answer to is essentially a direct manager or the owner of the company, according to where you are on, on that food chain. As an entrepreneur, we're answering to ourselves but we're also answering to multiple different bosses, right? Our clients are our bosses. We have to also answer to our employees. And employees is the form of a boss because unlike a person that works for corporate America to where you only thing you have to worry about is going home and, and, and making sure the bread and, and the butter is on the table for that one home. As an entrepreneur, we're helping to feed other people. We're helping to organize other families as well. So we have to answer to them when something goes wrong. If that money does not hit their bank accounts, then you're going to be answering to way more than one person at a time. So being respectful of someone's time and understanding if that time slot is not available, it's not available for a reason. It's not that the entrepreneur is sitting on a beach somewhere chilling in Maui. A lot of times we're on the beach, but we're still working. 
Yes, yes, because <laughs> you have been on the beach and have been working. No, I mean, we could be sitting next to each other sometimes in like, or we have like a combined office area that we sit in sometimes and I'll send him a text and I'm looking at him. And I know that like he hasn't responded because he, he's, he's in the zone. He's in his blocked time frame, you know, working on someone else's information or he even sometimes blocks time just to actually be able to do some focus work. And so I'll have to look over and say, hey, can you check out that text message is for blah, blah, blah. And you think, well, he's sitting right next to you. Like, why, why, why is that required? But you know, I'm respectful of his time because his time, number one, is really precious because, <laughs> you know, it's it's a consistent, you know, from one task to one project to one person to one customer to one client to one next to next to next. Um, and just I mean, even in jokingly but seriously, I, I've had to sit there and book time. <laughs> on the calendar in order to be able to get certain projects done or like we're having need to have a meeting about the podcast you know I have a booked time on what is it booking.bossoncage.com did I say that right yeah I know it by heart now saved on my phone (laughs) so because I just need his brain at that moment to focus on that one thing which I know is really difficult for entrepreneurs um at times because like you said you're servicing a customer you're servicing a client you're servicing yourself and Sometimes it's like, hey, you raising your hand. I need some of the time on there so we can talk about this topic instead of so. Yeah, definitely keep that in mind. We are respecting your time. So. Yeah, so I think number three is, 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 I mean, all the ones that we've listed on, on this particular podcast are going to be hell of important, but I think number three is, is a value add, not only in respect, but it leads into number four, empathy, right? And, and it kind of goes back to what I said on number three is as a person, right, with friends, associates, business partners, and having to respond to multiple different inputs. Somebody may send you a text, somebody may send you an email, somebody may send you a Facebook. Again, times that by multiple people. So as a person that works for corporate America, you may have that funnel set up to where you're dealing directly with only clients or you're dealing directly with only administrators. And there is some juggle there for sure. But understanding that if you take yourself out of that this a not closed environment, but more of an environment that's structured into a more crazier environment as an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur, we're building these systems, right? Sometimes these systems work. Sometimes we're making modifications. Sometimes we're making changes to those systems. But being empathetic and realizing that an entrepreneur's time is completely diversified differently than in a corporate America situation. So respecting their time, first and foremost, but being empathetic to, okay, what would it look like for you to quit your job today to start a business? Or let's say you've had $100,000 and you wanted to start a business, how much of your time would be dedicated to your business? How likely are you going to be able to respond to 100 emails or 1,000 emails per day? Again, if you understand anything about deep work, to Alex's point about I block off times to get into deep work, and if you haven't read that book by Cal Newport, I would definitely advise. To get into deep work, you're going to need more than an hour of time. You're going to need more than two hours. Somewhere between three hours or so is when your mind really gets adequately tuned and fine-tuned into the work that you're doing without interruptions, without a text message, without an email, without a phone ringing, and you just focus on that work, you would compound so much more work being done in that three-hour period of time versus stopping every five minutes to respond to an email. You could block off two hours and respond to emails, but again, that is itemizing that time to get into that deep work state of mind. 
No, I see you. And I feel like it's a therapy moment right now. <laughs> Empathetic to your needs and concerns. No, no, just, you know, we've been together a, a good couple of years now, except for the most part. And, you know, coming into a relationship and, and never really have been with, you know, someone who was a, a hardcore entrepreneur in a sense where it wasn't like you have a nine to five and then you got this side hustle on the side. Like this is your day. To, this is your bread and butter. This is how you provide for your family. Like you said, this is how you help your clients provide for their family or your employees provide for their family. So it definitely takes a lot of patience sometimes. And maybe as you noted before, like not taking things personal when you know, maybe you're a little frustrated on a topic or maybe you're just too, you know, busy at this moment to have this conversation. It definitely takes a lot of patience on the other halves or the kids or or whoever's uh, on the other side of that conversation definitely takes patience there. Um, And all of this is a learning project. I think this is kind of where like our original conversation spawned from just really understanding that your mind is in usually 60 different places at one time. And if you're coming at, you know, an entrepreneur sideways on some stuff that's just not business related at that moment, or even if it's personal related, like related to our personal life, like, oh my God, the kids, they broke their toe. And you're like, you got to turn that off (laughs) at that moment and switch, you know, focus. And so, you know, you can't, I can't be mad at him sometimes when I'll say, hey, I'm going to the store. What do you need from the store? And I don't get a response, you know, kind of thing. Cause like at that moment, his brain is focused on you know, maybe he's in a deep work period and I don't realize that. Or maybe his brain is on something that a client had asked him and he doesn't realize that. So, you know, it's a learning experience for anybody who is a you know family member to an entrepreneur or somebody who's significant other that sometimes you just have to be patient with where that individual's brain is um, and then just learn kind of how to work together Look from that. Like, like I said before. I've had to like literally go to booking.com, booking.bossoncase.com two book times to talk about a topic. It wasn't a personal topic. It was a business topic. But, you know, it was like because at that moment I knew that for that 30 minutes or whatever the hour was, I had your brain solely focused on what I needed your brain to be. And I wasn't upset about it or emotional about that in any kind of way whatsoever. That's just how this relationship works sometimes. So it does take, you know, a lot of empathy on our part and like 100%. I think the key word there is just takes a lot of patience on both parts. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'm happy you brought that up. Cause I mean, it, it kind of leads us into number five, right? It's the presentation hundred percent of the time. It's just hundred percent presentation. And again, even from the entrepreneur side, like sometimes entrepreneurs can be short fused. Sometimes entrepreneurs can be welcoming. Sometimes entrepreneurs can be welcoming for five minutes and then they completely snap. And you're like, what the hell just happened? Like this Dr. Jekyll and Mrs. Hyde. But you have to understand, like, is, as an entrepreneur, again, your strings are being pulled. And this is not to make an excuse for it. You, as an entrepreneur, you have to figure out how to level out the playing field, how to manage your time, which goes back into if that calendar says that time is booked, don't ask if there is available time. Because obviously there's not. And it kind of goes back to the presentation of things to understand that, okay, as an entrepreneur, we have to micromanage the micromanagement, right? You may have a, 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 a client that's a micromanager, but you're going to have to micromanage their expectations, right? Your kids and your family are obviously the highest priority in, in why you're doing what you're doing. But you're going to have to figure out how to present, right? You can't snap all the time. And likely for them as well, like Alex was saying, 
she had to figure out like how to communicate. And she does this from time to time. She's like, Hey, I'm going to the grocery store. What do you want? And I'm like, what day of the week is it? Like, is it dinner time? Like, and I'm, you know, I'm in a room that's completely dark. I don't even know what, if the sun's up or down sometimes. So for her, she comes in and she's like, going, I'm like, is it time for dinner yet? She's like, oh, dinner's going to be ready in about 30 minutes. And I'm like, I just walked into the office and it was just like 11 o'clock a.m. And now you're telling me it's 6 o'clock p.m. Like, and again, that's for me to kind of figure out how to level out my days. And not every day is like that. But when those days are like that and I'm completely in the zone and she's asking me for a grocery list and i'm like um long as it long as it had a heartbeat at one time and i could season it and put it on the grill that works i appreciate it babe no i laugh i laugh at that because i'll do we have alexis in the house and you know i'll make the announcement the dinner's ready and it does a thing and then he'll come upstairs and he'll be like i don't i don't know what day it is what time it is because he, he's in that focus where he gets in the deep zone and yeah to your point like number five we're talking about presentation like how do you communicate um it goes back to listening it goes back to how do you speak and it's another like if i say hey what do you want from the grocery store i genuinely generally for the most part is just asking that question out of uh um I don't even, I can't think of the word right now, but just asking that question to be nice. <laughs> but I, I know that you're going to be like, I don't care. Just get whatever you want, you know, for the most part. Or, it's, you know, if we've had a conversation before, like specifically, I want this or this and the other. But um, no, it's definitely about like how I present information to him and then just being receptive of the response to that information as not taking it personally. Because at that moment, some client client could just have pissed him off like to the utmost and I come in like hey what do you want from the grocery store and he's like Rah! and I'm like all right I'm I'm gonna go to the grocery store <laughs> you deal with that and you come back so no it's definitely ever taking that personal so um I think that kind of really like leads into like valuing each other's kind of viewpoints so talk about that a little bit I mean, yeah, yeah, sir. Again, I don't want anybody to think like I'm running around the house screaming and hollering and kicking in doors. Like that's that's not that's not even me, right? But I mean, to, to your point, you can see it on my face. Like I'm the type of person that I would wear that shit on my face while I'm in the house. And I, in general public, I, I may walk in and look serene, and you're not gonna be able to read me. But when I'm at home behind closed doors, and you just walk into my room, you can see it on my face. A lot of times, I will sit there and I'll have these conversations, and a lot of times I leave my camera on just so the person on the other end could read. Like, okay, I'm thinking you're full of shit right now and you're wasting my damn time right now. So like, and I'm looking at the cloud, okay, like 30 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it is, like this, this, this move on to the, this. what are we going to do? We're not going to do anything. You're not sure what's going on. Okay. On to the next thing. Cause again, time is valuable and I have a laundry list of appointments that I need to get to. So if someone is wasting your time, you have to understand that. Okay. Sometimes you may get some negative feedback that, that you may not want. So going back to like valuing your, your viewpoint, I think it's a hell of a thing to state your viewpoint based upon facts and to hold your ground. Entrepreneurs, we search for weaknesses. And, and any entrepreneur that tells you that they don't, don't look for that, I don't care how nice an entrepreneur is. When it comes down to business and it comes down to their value add and what they're doing for their community and what they're doing for their family, you're going to have to essentially be a shark. Hence why a shark tank is in existence. You don't have to be an asshole, but you're going to have to hold your ground on particular topics. So if you're stepping into that viewpoint and understanding that you're talking to someone that's very based upon value add, then you're going to have to bring value to the table. You can't just come in there and be like, hey, I want to do this just because. And when they ask you why, you're just like, mm, I don't know. It's kind of like, like, why did you even bring up that topic without bringing something to the table? And a prime example of this is 
if I'm talking to someone, right? And it could be anyone, whether it's family. And, and again, I go with this with my mom on a regular basis. Like my mom will get on the phone and I love her to death, but she'll be like, hey, this thing is broken. This doesn't work. And I'm like, okay, mom, this is how you fix it. And then she'll go back to like, well, let me finish telling you what's wrong with it. She wants to tell me like the entire longevity of the story of how it broke, what fell on top of it, like how the battery came out the damn remote, all this other stuff. And I'm just kind of like, mom, I, I, the second you said X, Y, and Z, I comprehended exactly what the problem was, and I'm giving you the solution. We don't need to go back into these 17 hours of you recapping, you stumping your toe, hitting your head, hitting something that fell off the ledge, and it just becomes an ongoing story. I'm just trying to help you solve the problem. And it's funny because I'm married to someone that understands like the value proposition of time. And she can kind of deliver the information quickly and I can deliver the response quickly. But then um, my mom is the total opposite. She wants to stay on the phone for 20 minutes to tell me her problems. And I'm like, I haven't solved your problem because you're still telling me about your problem. Leave her alone. She just wants to give you all the extra details. That's what she needs. She needs the details. <laughs> no, I definitely understand. It's probably because in corporate America, you usually have a very finite amount of time to deliver your message and get the response that you need. So that's probably why we, we work very well for the most part in that area. Uh, leave my mom. Leave my mother-in-law alone. She's just telling you the whole story. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on, the, <laughs> on this one at all. This is a slippery slope. But what I will say, it's just, again, again, it seems like majority of this is all going back to how you communicate, um, you know, whether listen or, or, or speaking or how items are presented. And, you know, like I said before, because I work in corporate America, I understand a lot of times that time is money. And if I need to an answer for this, then I know specifically what information I need to deliver in order to get that. And the same thing with my staff, you know, it's kind of like, all right, we got 30 minutes in our weekly touch base and that's really all I have. So we need a very, you know, standard list of questions that need to be asked related to whatever task is done or project. And then we need to be able to accomplish those things within this 30 minute period because we got to run and we have to do something else. So, you know, I'm not commenting on the mother-in-law thing. I'm leaving that alone. <laughs> I mean, I, I got the ball. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't care who it is. I'm going to state, state the facts as, as I see it. So even with my own mom, I, I tell her all the time. But, you know, she was like, well, I'm your mom. And I'm like, well, mom, you have to also understand that I'm your son. And I'm trying to help you evolve a little bit. You're still stuck back in the 80s to a certain extent. And that's a whole nother conversation by itself. So part of that conversation is kind of leading into the, like, the number seven, right? And it kind of goes hand in hand with my mom as well, like transparency and clarity, right? Being concise, getting that information out directly to the point. And if you're going to ask a question and you want resolve, be very precise in what you want, right? So prime example of that, if you're dealing with somebody and say, hey, something is broken or something's not working, then the response will be like, what's not working? And then they're going to ask you like, how did you get there, right? But again, you need to be precise. It doesn't need to be a long story. It needs to be okay. This doesn't work. I got a message from a client that says my email's broken or they're getting junk mail or spam mail. Well, I, I, now I know what the problem is. Give me a minute for me to figure it out. And, and that's just a, like a like a tech, now, tech, a tech version of this scenario. But it can also be personal as well, too. Right. You could have someone that's 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 wanting your time 
and they don't know how to communicate with you. So as an entrepreneur, you have to give them access on the best ways to communicate. For some people, it may be text messaging. For some people, it may be email. For some people, it may be social media. But even in those environments, small bits of information is going to be more valuable than long, drawn-out content. Like keeping it short and to the point, you'll get a way better response, a lot quicker response, and a lot effective response if you take that method. I'm keeping my response short and to the point. High five. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> no. Uh, it, again, goes back to effectively communicating with your entrepreneur partner um, and just not taking things personally, not being very emotional about that. Sometimes that business has to come before you, I mean, not necessarily before you, before family, but all of it's for the purpose of taking care of the family. So yeah, like I said, I'm leaving transparency and clarity very <laughs> direct because I want to get to the next one, which I'm really excited about. Yes. So number eight should have been number nine, but you know, I moved this to number eight for a particular reason, right? Consider this a long haul joint venture. This is not an overnight thing. If you're in any type of relationship, whether you've been friends since elementary school, whether you've been dating for a few years, whether you're a relative, the common goal of entrepreneurs is to grow, right? to grow their community, whether that's mentally, whether that's financially, or whether that's emotionally. And again, entrepreneurs carrying this weight on their shoulders to a certain extent, and we want to give back. We want to help people. So understand, in the beginning, it may be difficult. In the beginning, they may be a little bit more short as far as getting access to them. It may take them a little bit longer to respond to an email. It, you may not be able to go on vacation as often in the beginning. But once that entrepreneur starts rolling, and that ball starts to move, then you have the opportunity to reap the benefits of everything that you were on that journey with them to begin with. I laugh at this one so much because I'll have our confession moment. So when I first met Essay, and um, it was our very first conversation on the phone, I think you remember this or whatever. And so I was traveling um, and I'm on the phone with him and he's very short and very standoffish. Like, and I'm interpreting this from a phone call, so don't get me wrong. So keep being in context. So he's very short, just like not really having a conversation. Mind you, the first time we've ever talked on the phone. And I'm like, this dude is an asshole. <laughs> I'm never talking to him again. And now, XXA number of years later, I get it. He was multitasking at that point. So he was having a conversation with me, getting to know me at the same time that he was working and or probably in front of his computer working on something. And I know that now you know, however many years later. But at that time, I was just like, oh, my God, he's so rude. <laughs> but now I know, you know, it's it's sometimes you're like I said, you are working on one or more things at a time. And me coming in with a conversation about how the dog did X, Y, Z is just at that moment, not like really what you want to hear. But no, to your point, like, this entrepreneur kind of like relationship or having an entrepreneur in your family is a long haul joint venture. It is what it is. Um, or I was talking about uh, another one of our friends who where one individual is an entrepreneur and the other individual works a nine to five and the nine to five person has no intentions of really ever leaving their company because they've been there probably almost 30 years at this point, have a very vested interest in this company but the support that they give to their entrepreneur spouse is like, like 
amazing <laughs> for the most part. And it's kind of like that entrepreneur's business in some instances, you know, wouldn't be where it was without the support of, you know, the nine to five or the corporate person because of the knowledge base that they have. And so we were talking about that and, you know, look, grass is greener on the other side. Oh my God, you're an entrepreneur. You know, when I first met him, I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, he doesn't like work a nine to five for anybody. He can just control his own schedule. But looking into it, I'm like, whoo, that stuff is hard. You know, I'm comfortable <laughs> in corporate America. I'm comfortable in a steady paycheck. We have health insurance. Is going anywhere as long as I go in and I do what I'm supposed to do every day, and then I can hit now if I say I can leave the office, but I can log off and the company will still be going for the most part. So just understand that it's okay to not, I don't want to say not necessarily want to be an entrepreneur because I mean, I, I have my businesses outside of my nine to five, but it's okay to just say, hey, you got one entrepreneur individual in the relationship and you have one corporate person in the individual relationship and we bounce each other's skill sets off of each other all the time. There are things that I take back that I learned from him in my day job. My company has no idea. They're like, oh my God, how do you know how to do this? And I'm like, I just learned it. <laughs> and it's really like, hey, how do I do this? And then he'll give me some tools, some software, some platform, vice versa. I've taught you so much Excel code at this moment. You're like becoming <laughs> an uh, expert on how to do Excel at this moment. And, and just being okay with that, you know, that sometimes it's okay to have both of those in a relationship. You don't have to be all entrepreneur. It has to all be nine to five. That split sometimes is, can be really magical. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, agree with, with everything that, that she just said. And it's funny, too, is that when you look at, like, your long-term friendships versus your, your short-term friendships, like, your long-term friendships, you may have known to someone for 20, 30 years, and they have maybe have plateaued, or they're kind of in that nine-to-five mentality, they're comfortable, like you were saying, and they're both spouses like that. And then you have, as you grow, you start to magnetize more people that are like-minded like you or similar situations. To her point, 50-50, right? One person may be a nine-to-fiver, the other person may be an entrepreneur. And then you go out with these people and you have a good time with them and you could actually see it, right? It could be the husband or the wife, but then they, they'll probably go to a room and sit down and have a conversation versus the other two would then start talking about business strategy or start talking about numbers. And again, it's not something that, that entrepreneurs do to be annoying, it's something that's always in the back of their mind. I could be surfing in Maui, and as I'm riding that wave, I'm thinking about, hmm, what would it look like to ride the wave of a marketing strategy if I did something like this? Maybe I should take a selfie right now and leverage that for to market my next book. And maybe I should title my book something to do with riding the wave of marketing. And again, from the outside in, it doesn't look like anything is relative. But while I'm in that damn wave, I'm thinking about how do I utilize this life experience to then teach other people? How do I take this life experience and merge into that environment to create a new product or create a new service? So going into number nine, right? It's, it's not, this is kind of like a weird one. We're all, everything we're talking about is communication related, but learning the lingo. Like Alex was saying, it's like a lot of times I would say something, she's like, what the hell is that? She would, and it goes back to, okay, ask the question. Like, okay, what, what do you mean by that? And then obviously there's a difference between entrepreneur language and corporate America language, but there's a lot of overlap. There's a lot of commonalities. So as we're communicating and we're talking, she's starting to learn some of the entrepreneur lingo. And to her point, she's going back to work, utilizing it. And they're looking at her like, how the hell you know that? Obviously she's married to an entrepreneur and I eat, sleep and breathe and talk this shit day in, day out. 
And part of that is that you're going to have to show interest. The worst relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a partnership, whether it's romantic or not, is to be in a relationship with someone that does not show at least a percentage of common interest to what you're doing, right? Imagine you being an artist and you're with someone that, let's say, is, is blind, right? And not to say literally blind, but just blind to art. They don't see any relative goodness coming out of art. They don't understand colors. They don't understand the emotional side effect of it. They're just kind of like, oh, I just see dry pigment on a damn wall. But for you, you're passionate about art. You're passionate about the colors. You're passionate about going to art galleries. You're passionate about all these different things. But you're with somebody that does not support that, nor are they willing to understand or comprehend or to embrace your world. Then that's when you start to get that negative friction. Friendships are the same thing. Like if you're going out with friends and you're with a group of 20 people and none of them are entrepreneurs and you're the only entrepreneur, you become like the person that only talks about business amongst people that don't want to talk about business because they go to work nine to five. And when they're off that clock, they don't give two shits about work that they got the money from it. And then they move on versus entrepreneur. We're passionate about not just our career choices, but about growing and helping multiple different people. And we'd like to brag indirectly about what we're doing because we want other people to start doing what we're doing. We want to be contagious. We want that shit to be sticky. We want to infect other people to understand that entrepreneurism is not this thing that you heard about. It's something that you can even do right now while you're working for somebody. No, completely. I know how to speak the lingo now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, there are plenty of times I'm he'll like go off on some tangent about some app or some something they saw online and I'm I'm a little deer in headlights, and I think like you've learned at this point what that looks like, <laughs> and I start to kind of zone out a little bit. You can kind of bring it back in, but no, I mean, you know, to your point, we kind of are cross-functional in a sense where there are things that I learned from, like, we've been in the house together now oh, almost two years with this whole COVID thing, so I'm exposed to a lot more of what you do on a daily basis than I was before when I was going into the office. And there've been plenty of times that I've take, take conversations that we've had um, or things that we've done for the podcast, you know, back into my day job and say, hey, maybe we do think about using this software. Maybe we need to think about doing it this way. Uh, prime example, we're getting in a podcast kicked off at my office. And one of your things is teaching entrepreneurs and business owners how to like start their own podcast. And now I'm taking that knowledge back to my day job. And we're thinking about starting a corporate podcast. We actually have already started one. So, you know, it's, you know, and they're like, oh my God, how do you, you're an accountant. How do you know anything about podcasting and media? And I was like, you know, <laughs> like I can do other things for the most part. So no, I'm, to your point, it's really just kind of paying attention to what you're doing on a daily basis, learning how the lingo works, and then also just not bashing entrepreneurs. Like to your point, it was, you know, when you're in a group of people and like you're passionate about what you do and because you're an entrepreneur, that shit never goes off like ever. <laughs> There's no 5 p.m. punching out and leaving. So if you're in a group of people and you want to have a conversation about X and everybody's like, oh, we don't want to talk about work. We don't want to talk about work because we're off and we're on vacation and just send the other, you know, sometimes it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Let's just, let's just be transparent about it. Sometimes it leaves a bad taste in your mouth because you're like, well, I have this idea and I know that this person, regardless of the fact that you work a nine to five, I know you have this knowledge base and it's like, you know how to do this. I have this idea that will work for my business. Let's have a conversation about it. I know you do it for someone else, technically, you know, working at a corporate office or a nine to five, but 
I need that insight from you or I want to have a conversation about it because like you said, you're trying to motivate people. You're trying to coach people to start their own thing, become entrepreneurs themselves. Um, Or even some cases, like you said, just get information from that individual on how they should handle this or how they should handle that. And, you know, sometimes this leaves a bad taste in your mouth because they're like, oh, I don't want to talk about business. I'm on vacation. And you're like, well, okay. (laughs) You know, for the most part, I'll, I'll stop on that, you know, soapbox for the moment. So. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. And I mean, I just, it's kind of like we're going into the bonus round a little bit, right? So to your point, right, this is the pinnacle point to why you get the, I would say like, like, like you're, you're Noah, right? Or, or you're, you're kind of going biblical and you're parting the ocean, you're parting the sea. And this is what happens with relationships. As you get more engulfed in becoming an entrepreneur and you're getting more focused and more streamlined on your processes and your systems and your team starts to grow and people become more dependent on you, you get more clients, your focus then changes. That change of focus makes you a better individual globally, but from the outside looking in, that's when you start to get the remarks about, or you you as an individual has changed. Now, you can still be the same smart-ass, happy-go-lucky guy but other people that have known you to be that person all the time starts viewing you differently. And that's when the friendships start to part. So my advice for that is when you're in this spectrum with people and you're talking about business and they're not reciprocal to that, unfortunately, this is when you're going to have to divide in the road to when you're going to have to start shifting your friendships to a certain extent. And you want to be again, among people that are not only going to influence you and inspire you, but people that are going to help you grow. And if you have people that are not on that bandwagon, it is a hard thing for me to say, but you're going to have to pull away from those people because, again, their commonalities of their goals and their inspirations are not in alignment with yours. That friendship could still be a friendship, but it's probably not going to be as tight or as close as it once was because now you're moving left and they're moving right. And it doesn't mean that you guys have to become enemies. It just means that your goals and aspirations are not in alignment with that person's goals and aspirations. You guys could eventually have some overlap. You could have a beer here or two, but then maybe a way of saving that is integrating other people into that friendship, right? Bringing new people on board, new people that are kind of like the hybrids between you guys, a more common, a commonality between the two environments. And I'm, I'm just saying this because I'm not, I'm in that space, right? And I understand that you people that have long-term friendships that you want to hold on to. But unfortunately, as you're growing, you're not going to be able to hold on to everyone unless they're willing to support you on the ride. Because the goal is the people that are supporting you on the ride to your top are the people that they're going to reap the benefits as well. Like once you get to the, the top to where you can sit back and look at what you've created and this system and there's wealth and there's value coming out of it, obviously your closest people within your circles are going to be able to benefit from that. But the people that are not going to be able to benefit from it are the people that are going to be giving you shit on that journey. The people that are going to be knocking you down, holding you back and limitation, limiting, limiting your expected growth that you envision. Bye, haters. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, they're like memes all over the place about, you know, just getting to the point in a level of adulthood about kind of changing your so- social circle. Just feel comfortable with the fact that sometimes your friends will not progress with you through moments of your life and I know we're probably like a slightly off t- off topic in a minute but you know it it's just one of those things it goes back to you know effectively cohabitating with an entrepreneur that they don't get to turn it off like 
forever. <laughs> like, you know, Jeff Bezos, richest man right now in the world. I think he's still number one as of last week. You know, he doesn't get, no yes, he gets to go to space. Yes, he gets to have fun. Yes, he may be playing it up with his kids. New girlfriend now, I think. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't really know. But, you know, but he never really gets to turn it off to the entrepreneur that just set up their LLC and their tax ID yesterday they never get to turn it off. And you just kind of have to be okay with that. And if you're not okay with that, if you're in partnership on a relationship or have a family member and you're not okay with them always like talking about business, it's, <laughs> it's time to get a new crew. That's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it kind of goes, you have to kind of be blunt and dry. You have to be realistic with yourself and, and, and be forgiven to not hold grudges against that person if anything else, support them on their journey. Like it, I look at it as two ships sailing in the opposite direction. It doesn't mean that you're never going to see them again. It doesn't mean that they're gone forever, but they're sailing in a different direction than you are. And it's going to be some time before. The funny thing is, is that you yourself as being a non-entrepreneur, eventually you may become the entrepreneur and that light may pop up in your mind and be like, well, shit, I need to turn my ship around and then I need to follow where that other ship was going because maybe I was going in the wrong direction. It's the same thing for entrepreneurs as well, too. I mean, there has to be some balance, some equilibrium to a certain extent. But to your point, Alex, we're never going to turn it off. We just have to figure out how to juggle it effectively to where you have that one-on-one -on -one time with your family, right? If we go to the movies, I'm going to enjoy those that two-hour movie. Now, I may blank out every once, every couple minutes or so and think about something, but I'll be able to recap and talk about that movie because I'm in that moment as much as I possibly can be. Same thing like, you know, this past weekend, I had an opportunity to do a boys trip. You know, we're jumping around, we're, I'm driving and we're cruising and we're playing with jet skis and we're doing all these different things. But the second I stopped doing the jet ski and then like my son and his friend went off to kind of play in the water and I was just sitting there on the dock looking and it was like, like, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. This is why. And then by default, in that moment, I was like, okay, how do I leverage this? How do I scale this? How do I help more people understand that like, you could be doing the same thing I'm doing right now if you would just jump that ship and start creating whatever your ideas were? And that's the hardest part is, is taking the idea and, and going with it and putting balls to the wall and stepping into that space and understanding that it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. You're going to have to learn to communicate on a different level that you've never communicated before, but it's going to change you and it's going to change your family. It's going to change your legacy for generations to come. This is true. I made that. I think I made the joke and I was like, oh, you and I, you guys have boys weekend. Did you work? And as soon as like the words crossed my lip, I was like, okay, that was a stupid question. <laughs> of course, you may not have been sitting out on the laptop on the boat, or maybe you were, but your brain was going and figuring out ways to leverage this opportunity and, you know, and be able to have that opportunity in the future. So, yeah. 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 I totally agree with you. I mean, to answer your question, yeah. I mean, the boys, they slept into like, I mean, it was an hour behind Eastern Standard Time. So they slept into like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. So, you know, I wake up five o'clock, six o'clock. So I'm like, oh, shit. I got three hours of opportunity before they even get up and think about getting on the boat or hitting the water or whatever else that it was. Made my coffee and, and I went outside on the deck and worked for two hours before they woke up. So you have to make these opportunities. But again, you're never going to forget about being an entrepreneur. So just to recap, right, the nine tips to learn to communicate with an entrepreneur effectively. First and foremost, before you say anything, keep your mouth shut. Listen. First and foremost, you have to listen. 
second after listening, be able to verbally communicate, right? And this, this goes whether you're in corporate America or anything. You just have to listen, be able to communicate verbally. You want to respect someone's time. You want to be empathetic. You want to practice what you're preaching as far as you want people to treat you the way you like to be treated. So it's all in your presentation. Like you cannot be an asshole all the time. So sometimes you may have to take some hits that you don't expect to take, but then obviously you want to kind of stage your response very delicately at times. Um, After that was number six is value your viewpoint. Backing down to an entrepreneur, it just gives us a sign of weakness. And it's kind of like looking at prey at that point in time. Hence why you're talking about sharks and shark tanks. If we see, if we smell weakness, we're going to devour that weakness. I'm just being brutally honest, right? It's not to be a cold-blooded thing. It's just survival of the fittest, right? Then after that, number seven, transparent, being transparent and having the clarity and being concise. Because again, we don't have time to burn and time to waste. Number eight is consider it a long haul venture. It's not the lotto to where you're going to swipe a card and then all the money magically appears or your relationship is going to be an overnight success. Whatever it is you're going to have to work at, you're going to have to hit these hurdles. You're going to have to overcome these hurdles together, whether it's a friendship or in a relationship. And last but not least, showing interest in each other's adventures, right? Showing commonality, interest, and learning the language. Like Alex said earlier, she's starting to learn about podcasting. And forever, I was like, what the hell is this Excel spreadsheet? I, heard, I hate Microsoft. But now it's to the point to where I'm, I'm writing code and I'm a coder by, you know, by trade to a certain extent. It's more HTML. But now I'm seeing the value add and being able to code in Excel. It, 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 it makes me smile when I'm like, wait a minute, I could do this and it'll figure all this out for me. It makes me want to get butt ass naked and run through the streets singing Kumbaya, you know. But so I, I digress. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> On that note, I think this conversation is done. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. I, I definitely appreciate you taking a, a chunk out of your schedule today because obviously, you know, today's work and you, you took your lunch out to kind of do this episode. But I think it was a, definitely an episode that we needed to kind of record exactly where we are and to communicate with non entrepreneurs versus entrepreneurs. And hopefully, you guys can take these value ads and start implementing. I mean, everything that I give, I want you to take action on. I don't want you to put it in your back pocket and sit on it and, and, you know, leave entire tracks on it. I want you to actually, you take it out the back pocket, unfold it, and at least cross off one thing on this list. Do at least one of them and then continue to keep adding on as you progress forward. Any closing remarks, Alex? You said it all. I have nothing else to add to this. All right, man. S.A. Grant and Alex Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762 762- 233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss on Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. 
Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.